0: Greetings, nerdlings. Welcome to another episode of the Dietzillion Geekdom. I'm your host, Jason. So today I figure we would uh, go through the second half of the Vanilla WoW portion of my kind of series and walkthrough of kind of celebrating World of Warcraft for its 20th anniversary coming up here in November-ish. So uh, today we're going to sit down and uh, discuss the Western... Continent, known as Kalimdor. Um, Kind of the same things apply from yesterday in terms of the overall, you know, setup of how they decide to do stuff. Um, And then if we can get to that towards the end and get, uh, still have some time left, uh, um, what we'll do is we'll uh, double back and uh, jump into some other stuff that I missed from uh, uh, yesterday. So I'm kind of kicking off again uh, with the Starting Zones. Once again, these are like sub-faction controlled primarily, uh, and they're just trying to, you know, secure their borders so that they can be a reliable ally to the Horde or the Alliance as the main faction that you are ultimately, uh, you know, questing for. So if you decide to play as an orc, a troll, a torrent, or a night elf, you will be starting your whole character experience on the continent of Kalimdor though you don't necessarily have to stay there or even uh, truthfully you know do anything over there you can just jump on a a boat or a a zeppelin and fly on over or sail on over to uh, the eastern kingdoms and do your stuff over there if you really want to Um, but most of the time people just kind of play through their um, playable races start zone just to kind of you know, build up that repertoire with your, uh, uh, your race's uh, faction. Uh, so today what we're going to do is we're going to start with the Orcs of Orgrimmar, as well as the Trolls. If you remember yesterday, I had mentioned that one playable race from each, each faction does not have its own unique start zone, and it does not have its own unique capital city. And so when it comes to the Horde, the Trolls is that one unlucky uh, playable race, uh, so they share their start zone experience in Capital City with the Orcs. Um, as I mentioned, the Orcs are from, at least the Capital City-wise, they're from Orgrimmar. Uh They do have a, a whole range of clans that they come from. Some of them date back to Warcraft 1 and uh, the clans that first came through. Um, other ones came with, uh, Warcraft 2 or Warcraft 3, so, um, there really is no official overarching clan that they call themselves, they just call themselves the, the Orcish Horde, I guess, um, or the New Horde, uh, so they, they don't really have any kind of unique name, kind of like Kingdom of Stormwind or anything like that, uh, I, I guess, uh, if you want, you can mention that, or you can you can consider them to be the Warsong Clan that tends to be the most uh, recurring uh, clan that you see for uh, the new horde. But there's also the Frost Wolves, and we'll get into them a little bit later. So um, for the orcs, they start in the zone of Durotar, named after the father of the war chief at the time of World of Warcraft getting started. Uh, his, the war chief's name is Thrall, the, kind of the leader of the Orcs, and his father's name was Duritan. So, uh, the zone that they find themselves in, once they migrated over to Kalimdor during the events of Warcraft III, uh, eventually, once they settled down, they built Orgrimmar and, uh, Thrall, the leader of the Orcs, uh, and the, the Warchief, or the, uh, the head of the, uh, uh, the, the new horde there, uh, he names that zone Duritar in honor of his father. That's the uh, 1 to 10 range place. The next up is the Barrens, and this one's a little bit different. They go from 10 to 25. It's a larger zone, so they keep you there a little bit longer. Um, you can also go over to Town Mountains nearby. They are uh, levels 15 to 30. However, when you go up there, it is actually a contested zone. Um, And so you get exposed to it a little bit earlier. And uh, there's both Alliance and Horde quests and flight paths in and out of there. So you might have to deal with them too. But for the most part, most of the people will tend to... uh, Hang out in the Barrens until about 25, and then bounce over to Stonetown Mountains to get to the rest of the way out uh, around level 30. Uh, the main two uh, local threats that the orcs and trolls have to face in these zones are uh, the Quillbores, especially in Duritar and um, the Barrens the southern part of the Barrens. Uh, these quill boars, they're kind of like boars, kind of a cross between boars and porcupines. Uh, humanoid, kind of like cobalts and um, um, gnolls. So uh, they kind of the same design, if you will, but like I said, they're just a little bit different in terms of being more boarish and uh, porcupine mixed. So uh, that's kind of who uh, they are mainly worried about. They also have to worry about centaurs. The the centaurs are basically trying to reclaim their territory, especially some of the territory that uh, the orcs took from them when they migrated over to Kalimdor. So they're trying to uh, battle the centaurs from uh, basically unifying and becoming a a local threat on a much larger level, possibly a regional threat. And then lastly... Especially when it comes to Stone Town Mountains, Uh, there's um, a competing tauren tribe known as the Grim Totems, and they are posing a threat, not only on the local level, but on the regional level, for the horde as well as for the orcs. Um, And when we get to a little bit later, the tauren um, that do join the horde, they also have to deal with the Grim Totem tauren. And that tribe. So um, that's kind of who they're they're looking at uh, battling. And there's also some orcs, some other trolls, some humans, and of course the the usual murlocs, kobolds, and even goblins uh, that are neutral that you have to uh, battle against. Um, they do have uh, a bunch of dungeons or raids in these zones. Uh, Ragefire Chasm is a raid that's right there in um, Orgrimmar itself, and you come, you find out that one of the orc clans that has joined the horde—they uh, are basically uh, infiltrated by a cult that is still wanting to follow and worship the Burning Legion, the demons, who had previously um, used the orcs as their invasion force back in Warcraft 1 and even 2. And so you find out that this one orc clan is basically trying to undermine the horde, because they are following the Burning Legion, so you are now quested to go in there and basically put a stop to them doing that stuff. Um, The other one is a a raid called the Wailing Caverns, and this is predominantly something that is centaur-based, so you're going in and uh, dealing with some centaurs down there as well as some uh, wayward uh, rogue druids that are kind of doing their own thing as well. And in the process, um, teaming up with the Centaurs. And then lastly, there are two um, branches for Razorfen. There's Razorfen Crawl and Razorfen Downs. Both of them have to do with the, uh, the Quillvors and uh, how they are trying to unify and amass a sizable force that would make them a regional threat uh, to the Horde, you know, Um, but also just to the tauren and the orcs as individual, uh, factions, uh, based off the playable races that you, you play. So, um, that's kind of what you experience in your start zones if you are an orc or a troll. The nice thing is, moving on here, uh, to the tauren, as I mentioned before, um, the Tauren of Thunder Bluff is the other playable race for the Horde there in um, Kalimdor. Uh, the Tauren are... Basically, it's just another name for Minotaur. So look up any fantasy story that have, has Minotaurs in, a, in it. And uh, that is the uh, the Tauren in World of Warcraft. Uh, the Tauren clan or tribe that you are playing as, if you decide to play as a Tauren, is the Bloodhoof uh, tribe. They join the Horde. There's a couple other smaller tribes that also join the Horde, uh, but the main one is the Bloodhoof, and they are in direct competition with the Grim Totem tribe, as I mentioned earlier. And the only difference, really, in the um, the start zone for Tauren is their 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 initial zone of mulgore that's levels one through 12 otherwise they go right into the barrens as well as stonetown mountains and so really the barrens is is all three um playable races for the horde that start over there in kalendor uh the barrens is kind of like a a, kind of a spill pot where everybody kind of gets spilled into and have to uh go through that long uh, quest chain just to get out of the barrens and get to a level where you get going somewhere else or people will just go over to the eastern kingdoms and play with the undead uh, start zone because uh, i've gone through the barrens and it is you know it's a chore you know it takes a while especially the way that they originally had questing and leveling up going from 10 to 25 in, in the barrens that's that's a long tedious um quest chain it takes a while um so uh yeah they also go through the same um start sequence except for Molgor is their their initial zone they're in as opposed to Durathar um like i said they also deal with go- uh the other ones the other uh, creatures uh and threats but they also have to deal with goblins dwarves um as well as everything else that I mentioned. And the same thing also applies for the, the, uh, um, the for the raids and the dungeons. They also have to deal with uh, going into Ragefire Chasm to help out the orcs, going to the Wailing Caverns to uh, make sure that the Tarring don't, or the Centaurs don't get too, uh, too strong. And same thing, they have to help the orcs put down the Quilbor uh, threat there in the southern part of the barons because they are becoming a sizable force and there is very strong evidence to suggest that the quillbore down there are in league with the scourge uh one of the the, uh the forces that aligned with the scourge that's still part of the living they're willing to work with the undead uh scourge and the lich king so part of it is going down there and making sure that there is not a foothold for the scourge to really you know supplant uh the, the horde over in that region so um, that's really a quick way to sum up what you do in the start zones for the the horde whether it's a troll character an orc character or a torn character you're basically going up against some uh, other races that are you know kind of call that area their home as well as uh, rival tribes that uh, could undermine the uh cohesion of not only the horde but also each individual faction uh moving on further north to the only alliance uh race that is in kalandor for their start sequence and that is the night elves of uh, darnassus darnassus is their capital city um They are simply known as the Kaldori, which in their elven tongue means, you know, children of the moon. They're night elves. So they tend to, uh, bask, you know, and have pretty close to an an eternal, uh, night time in their lands, uh, because they're more, you know, night elven. And they kind of take a lot of their, um, um, cues from, uh, The drow the dark elves from other uh, other fantasy stories like the Forgotten Realms story so that's where the uh, the creators there at Blizzard kind of got the idea for night elves is uh, the dark elves the drow as they're called there Uh, so they you know call them night elves or Kaldori uh, and that they are the playable race that you get to play as for the Alliance over there in Kalimdor they start on the world tree Teldrassil and that's levels 1 through 12 then you go to Darkshore 10 through 25 so they too have a pretty long and tedious uh, um, second zone they go through and then they have Ashenvale which is also 15 to 30 the caveat to that is just like with Stonetown Mountain and the Horde uh, when you go to Ashenvale to finish up and get to level 30 you do have the eastern portion of, I'd say the eastern third of Ashenvale controlled by the Horde, so there are flight paths and quests for the Horde over there as well. Um, so, the Kalimdor start sequence is slightly different than what you see over in the Eastern Kalim, Eastern Kingdom's uh, section. Um, and who are your kind of, you know, your, your main local threats when it comes to uh, the Night Elves, the big one is the the Naga. Uh, and, you, and you come to find out that the Naga were once Night Elves at one point. But uh, a whole bunch of Calamities uh, basically morphed them, mutated them into the Naga. Uh, the other um, force that is a local threat to the, the Night Elves are the Satyr. And they are basically... The same situation as Naga. They used to be Night Elves, but then a cl- whole bunch of calamities from the Night Elves' past uh, morphed and mutated them into the um, the Satyr, which are basically half. They're basically Night Elves that are half Night Elf and half uh, ram and, and demon qualities to them. Um, puck uh, from fantasy is kind of from other fantasy genres is kind of the uh, the equivalents here, but um, that's what the Satar are. They're more of a um, um, a demon, half demon or ram, half uh, uh, night elf. Um, both Naga and the Satars have kind of a connection to the Burning Legion, the, the demons that tried to uh, invade Azeroth, the planet, uh, millennia ago, like 10,000 years ago. So that's kind of where they come from. And how they mutated over time was because of that uh, allegiance with the, the, the dark demonic forces, and as a result, they were shifted and, and morphed into Nagon Satyr. So uh, that's what the Night Elves, that's their whole start sequence, is they are trying to basically um, get rid of any lingering forces from the burning legion that are still wandering around waiting for their demonic masters to return hoping that they can uh rejoin the ranks of um the burning legion and help them achieve their goal of taking over the planet and uh basically just like living in a barren husk as a you know zap it dry of any life and any value has to it. So that's what the Night Elf uh, start sequence is from level 1 to 30. You also find out a little bit about the Teldrassil, which is another world tree. Uh, As I mentioned uh, in the previous uh, episode, in Warcraft 3, forces from the Alliance and the Horde go over to Kalimdor. And work with the Night Elves in order to stop the Undead Scourge and the Burning Legion from um, attacking and killing the World Tree. Which is like the fount or the source of the Night Elves' um, immortality as well as their whole center of their society, their, their culture. Uh, it is They are able to stop the demons from doing that, but the Tree is wounded. As a result, the Night Elves go and they attempt to recreate their world tree, a.k.a. Teldrassil. Uh, and it's not a complete success. It's got some uh, mutations to it, some some oddities, uh, because it wasn't done properly. And so part of the whole story quest behind the Night Elves is coming to terms with the fact that uh, Teldrassil is not a... Uh, a perfect replica of their old world tree. It's starting to become tainted and corrupted because it was an imperfect uh, design to begin with. And so now they're trying to deal with the corruption and making sure it doesn't spread further. And part of that includes making sure that the former forces of the Burning Legion, the Satyrs and the, uh, um, the Naga, don't come in and help further the corruption and make it worse. So... Basically, you are mitigating the problem. You're keeping it under wraps and hoping that it doesn't become a big, big problem. And for the most part, the Night Elves are successful. Um, so that's kind of where uh, the, the Night oven story for their start zone ends at level 30. They do have a dungeon of their own, just one, and that's a Black Fathom Deeps. And this is a... Dungeon that is basically representative of like the main city or uh um garrison, basically, where the main force of naga and even a little bit of satyrs are located as they try to further invade into the night elven territory and start corrupting the lands further. So, your task towards the end of your start zone questing and leveling is to go into Black Fathom Deeps and deal with the Naga threat head-on, and take out their main base of operation in the region. Um, And from there, that gets us into the Contested Zones. Once again, it's roughly level 30 to 55. Um, I will break it down into Subcontinent, and then kind of go from there. Um, It's not quite as fleshed out as it is over in the Eastern Kingdoms, but, um, you know, they... It's all right, I would say. Uh, I think it could have been done better, and maybe that's something I'll kind of double back and discuss down the road a little bit Um, once we get closer to the end of the series. But for now, some of their contested zones, um, starting in the northern Kalimdor subcontinent, you've got the zone Azshara, and that's level 45 to 55. Just like with the uh, Alterac Mountains, uh, Azshara is incomplete, and even the developers at Blizzard even mentioned, "Yeah, the quest chain, the whole sequence of events, the whole experience in Azshara—it was incomplete. Um, it kind of leaves people hanging dry." And so, as a result, not very many people go and quest on Azshara. It's pretty much a, a, a vacant zone of, of players because of that whole problem, where the whole quest chain was left incomplete um just like in the other portions of the night elves start zones your main adversaries are satyrs and the naga in fact the uh, the naga have one of their biggest cities in the in uh, Kalendor located there in Azshara. Uh, so your whole goal is to make sure that they don't start invading from the eastern coast of northern kalendor while at the same time, when you're going into Black Fathom Deeps and start zones for the Night Elves, you're making sure that uh, the, the the Naga and the Satyrs don't have a uh, foothold on the western shores of northern uh, Kalimdor. So that's kind of what you're really doing in Azshara, but like I said, it's incomplete, so there isn't much to do there. You know, you kind of stall out on the uh the quests halfway through that right around you know 50 level 50 so it's incomplete that's why people don't really visit there however they do visit the zone of fellwood uh that's level 45 to 55 and once again this is where you see a lot of the congregation of the burning legion forces the uh, the satyrs primarily who have succeeded in Establishing a foothold in Northern Kalimdor, just waiting for their Burning Legion masters, their their demonic masters, to return, so they can continue the onslaught with the Burning Legion. So, Felwood is basically a corrupted portion of Darkshore and um, um, Ashenvale. So, both Darkshore and Ashenvale, uh, I'm sorry, Darkshore and Fellwood used to look like, uh, Ashenvale. It used to be the northern sections of Ashenvale. Um, however, over the course of the, the centuries and the millennia, uh, both, uh, Darkshore and Fellwood became what they are. Um, Darkshore looks really spooky and haunted, craggled, you know, cragged uh, ragged rocks and, and like bluffs and all that stuff whereas fellwood looks more tainted by uh you know poison and, and demonic uh magic so neither one is a beacon of serenity like it, like what ashenville predominantly is uh so basically you are questing in Fellwood if you're in Northern Kalimdor, from levels 45 to 55, there's also a small little subzone called Moonglade, and it's actually one level 1 to 60. But there are no quests there, and it's really just a Druid Haven. So if you if you uh, if you play as a Druid as your class, you will actually have a lot of quests that take you up the Moonglade, and uh, from there you get Druid specific. Um, uh, quests that will take you all around Kalimdor and even in, into the Eastern Kingdoms. Um, not the greatest usage, I would say, of um, zone and real estate for the uh, the map, but that's what they did. Um, and that's all that's really in Northern Kalimdor. If you notice, uh, there is a big gap in Northern Kalimdor. There's you stop at level thirty in Ashenvale. But then you start up at level 45 in Azshara and Felwood. And that's because you have to go to central Kalimdor to find that gap from 30 to 45. So uh, in central Kalimdor, in that subcontinent region, you finally find that gap. So the zone that you can start in is Desolus, level 30 to 40. And its main... um, regional threat are the centaurs this is where they are most heavily um, fortified especially when it comes to the western clans uh, the eastern clans like i mentioned are primarily in the barons uh, what's left of them uh, most of the eastern clans of centaurs they're in the barons a little bit in um, um, thousand needles which we'll get to in a bit um and as well as Durotar, most of them have been uh, pushed away or have congregated there in the barrens but west uh, the western clans there in Desolus, that's where they're the strongest uh they're also bolstered by the satyrs and the demons that are left over there um so Desolus is very very much contested um not just amongst the centaur clans individually, but amongst the satyrs and demons that are uh, hanging out there as well. And there's also Naga and the renegade uh, orc clan that I had mentioned uh, at the beginning in the start zones for the orcs. They're also there. So it's one big contested area where every every individual faction basically for themselves. Uh, you also find out, if you follow the storyline, that Desolus used to be a lush savannah basically exactly like Molgor, and in fact it used to be basically the western half of Molgor, until some catastrophic catastrophic event happened, and Desolus became Desolus. Uh, I can't remember what the original name was called, but now it's known as Desolus because it's a desolate uh, uh, wasteland uh, desert area instead. Um, the druids are trying to revamp it and trying to get things to regrow, but it's a it's a slow process. The um, the one raid or dungeon that's in Desilus is Moradon, and that is basically the capital city of the largest Centaur tribe. And so you're tasked to go in there and put them put them down if they become too much of a threat. On the regional level um, moving further east and a little bit south southeast of desolus on the opposite side of the continent so desolus is on the western coast basically basically of uh, um, Kalimdor right below stonetown mountains all the way over to the eastern uh, shores of Kalimdor is Dustwallow marsh it's a big marsh once again, just kind of think of places like Louisiana or Florida and their marshlands, and that's basically what you're looking at. Um, here, you will find the biggest uh, congregation of the Grim Totem Totem uh, Grim Totem uh, They are the biggest threat there, but you also have to worry about some pirate groups, the Naga, some dragonkin. And then, obviously, Murlocs. But the biggest threat for both the um, Horde and the Alliance is you're basically in the main theater of operation for the Grim Totem Tauren. This is basically their home ground, their their stomping ground. So, um, watch out for them type of thing. So, that's kind of what you have to deal with. There is one dungeon there. And it's just one big baddie. And it is the queen or the consort. Basically the, the wife of one of the uh, former head dragons for their particular color of a dragon. So they break down the dragons in the different uh, dragon flights based off the color of their scales. Uh, and each one has a particular purpose within the realm of Azeroth as protectors. And so this is one of the layers for the, one of the queens of, one of the heads of the, uh, the dragonflights. This place is called Anoxia's Lair, and she is basically the queen of the, one of the queens of the black dragonflight, which deals with being wardens or keepers of the earth, um, so that's why you see a bunch of dragon kin all around the, uh, the area. Because they are in service to their queen. Kind of, you know, mulling around the marshes trying to, uh, clear out people that they don't want in their queen's domain. And in her her brooding lair where she kind of just hangs out and gathers treasure. So, um, you're tasked to go in there and, uh, make sure that she doesn't try to, uh, take over the world, like what her husband tried to do before he disappeared. So, um, and that's all there is for, uh, um, Central Kalimdor. There really is not that much, mainly because most of Central Kalimdor is where you would see the start zones for the Tarn, the Orcs, and the Trolls. So that's why, um... The contested zones are kind of split up more so than what uh, you would see in the Eastern Kingdoms. Uh, Moving on to the Southern Third of Kalimdor. This region has quite a bit as well. Um, For starters, you've got the Thousand Needles Zone. That's level 25 to 35. So this is another option for... um, people to go to if they're playing the, the horde tunes is instead of going up north towards Stone Town Mountains or into uh, Desolus from there they can go south from the Barrens into Thousand Needles and what this zone is is basically a bunch of Mesa's you know you go out to the southwest area of, um, of the United States around Arizona New Mexico that desert area with huge Mesa's Um, and uh, canyons and stuff like that, that's basically uh, Thousand Needles. There, your biggest threat is the Grim Totem Torrin, because they have taken up shop and booted out one of the other horde-friendly tribes of Torrin. So now you're trying to work with them to fend off the Grim Totems and push them back into their home territory. But you also have to deal with centaurs, some cobalts. And some Harpies, which Harpies are basically just uh, um, a twisted uh, variation of Night Elves who have more bird-like features and fly around. Kind of like Harpies that you see in um, other fantasy uh, franchises. Um, But in World of Warcraft, the uh, Harpies are just kind of a variation of the Night Elves uh, that got twisted and perverted by um, some other dark magic. Moving on, just south of the Thousand Needles, you've got Teneris, one big desert. Think of the Sahara Desert. Level forty to fifty. Uh, your biggest threat on the regional level is the slithid, which are um, bugs. Uh, think starship trooper and those kind of you know arachnids and bugs. Uh, that's who the slithid are, and they are basically coming to infest. And grow the hive into Teneris, and they've already captured parts of it. So your whole goal is to work with the neutral steamweedle cartel of goblins to help push back the Solithid. You also have some pirate groups, you have some ogres, and then you are introduced to a tribe of sand trolls known as the Sand Fury. And they are trying to reclaim the desert that used to be theirs long ago. And uh, your job is to kind of put them at ease and make sure that they don't uh, get too uh, sparky with, uh, with their uh, attempts to uh, recreate their version of an empire. Uh, the one particular raid or dungeon in Teneris. Is the, the uh, city called Zulfrock, Which is the capital city of the Sand Trolls. And you have to go in there. And uh, basically stop their ruler from trying to... Uh, um, I think basically raise the dead. You know, So they're trying to dabble in some necromancy. And, and get some of their uh, uh, dead warriors risen again. As mindless uh, minions that they can use and turn on the other inhabitants of Teneris. So you're, you're tasked with going in there and stopping them from doing some of their necromatic, uh, their necromatic deeds. So um, Another option, if you don't want to do Teneris after you finish up with Thousand Needles, you can go westbound from the Thousand Needles into a zone called Feralos. Uh This is kind of more of a, a southern portion of Ashenvale, uh, even though it is separated by quite a bit, has a lot of vibes with Ashenvale. Only it's more greenish and have like has like a more emerald magical hue to it. And you find out that this is where some of the uh, um, night elves, who were part of like a, the upper class of society from way back when, they're called the highborn. Um, uh, they are nestled up there in Feralos, hence why it still looks magical, because they were more of the magic-using class before they were expelled from Night Elven society. So uh, the Highborn down there in Feralos are basically just uh, um, Night Elf exiles, part of the Highborn class, uh, of the ruling old ruling class that used to uh, rule over the Night Elves they're down there um they're kind of neutral to everybody however the main uh force they have to really deal with is an organized ogre presence uh the ogres have taken up shop there since being freed from slavery at the hands of the yorks when they were themselves were uh, minions of the demons and the burning legion so the ogres are, are really basically setting up uh Uh, Their own little mini empire over there. So your job is to kind of uh, keep those clans of ogres fighting amongst each other. So they can't unify and become a regional threat for anybody else. There's also gnolls there. Some naga. Harpies. And I'm sure you could probably find the uh, select few uh, murlocs as well. Kind of goes without saying now. Um, The one dungeon that's down there is now known as Dire Maul. It's a former um, it's basically the one of the former capitals of the Highborn or one of their major cities. definitely a regional capital, but has since been taken over by the ogres and now it's been redubbed Dyer Mall, uh, kind of fitting given that it, ogres uh, control it. So you're going in there and you're basically trying to clean house, make sure the, uh, the ogres don't get uh, too overpowered. And you're kind of helping the uh, Highborn um, fend off what remains of their hold on their old uh, uh, regional capital city there. Uh, becoming their capital city once they were exil- exiled from Night Elven Society. So you're in a way kind of helping the, uh, the Highborn down there um, deal with the ogre problem. And then, lastly, to kind of round out the start or the uh, the contested zone experience, level fifty to fifty-five, you're going to Ungoril Crater. Uh, the biggest threat there is the slithid are trying to push into that territory as well. Um, it is basically just due east of Teneris and south of. Um, Thousand Needles, as well as southeast of Feralos. So, the that are trying to slowly push into there. The best way to describe Ungaro Crater is, think Jurassic Park, only it's its own little zone. So, it used to be a petri dish of the Titans to kind of experiment with the growing life. And so, you see a whole bunch of wild beasts out there, a bunch of dinosaurs, um, T-Rexes, Velociraptors, you know, so it's got, uh, some Jurassic Park, uh, vibes to it, um, but the biggest threat is still the Slythid, who are trying to slowly crawl in, burrow in underground, and start, uh, infesting and taking over the, um, the zone, so that's who you're battling the most, and that basically sums up the, uh, the contested zones, uh, after that, you get into the end game zones, and unfortunately, um, there's only two as opposed to uh, um, three, like over in the uh, Eastern Kingdoms. And the first one, it's very. There's really no big baddie. Uh, so the first end game zone is Winter Spring, level 55 to 60. Uh, this is just. Uh, Northwest of Asherah, and it's uh, basically due east of um, Moonglade, as well as uh, northeast of um, Ashenvale. There is a huge empty zone that you cannot get around, and right smack dab, kind of a big donut hole, if you will, with uh, Ashenvale to its south, Asherah to its east. Uh, winter Spring to the northeast of it, and then uh, Moonglade to the north of it, and Fellwood and uh, Dark Shore to its west. It's basically where the old uh, World Tree was, the one that uh, was, you know, very severely weakened and uh, nearly mortally wounded during worldcraft 3 that whole zone there's a big donut hole there in northern kalimdor where you have to fly around or or, you know travel around because that's where the uh, old world tree is and it's not available in game yet hint uh and so up in northern kalimdor there's really not much going on and that's kind of how the how it ends up there in winter spring it's just the winter version of the night elven uh zones that you get to see whether it's uh Teldrassil or Ashenvale um, or Feralos. It's kind of, you know, it's night elven themed, but it's more wintry. So you're up there working with the uh, the night elves, as well as the, the neutral faction of goblins, the Steamweedle cartel. And the main uh, adversary that you have to face, well, there isn't one. You're just making sure that whatever sparse uh, pockets of Furbogs, Undead, Dragonkin, and Wildkin aren't able to create enough of a unison to where they can pose any problems. So there really is no, it's, you know, you're just basically questing to get to the max level there. there there's no big baddie, there's no dungeon to go into to, um, you know, fight off the uh, some ruler who's trying to unite the forces into one big threat it's just mopping up a bunch of uh individual groups much like what you do in the start zone as well as the contested zones so very anticlimactic if you go up into winter spring but it is fun to quest up there you know it's kind of a mellow uh mellow way to uh um end your questing experience in the original world of warcraft or you can have more excitement and you can go down to the uh um, other zone that they use for 55 to 60. And a Silithus. And this is the heart of where the Silithids are at. Uh, and you find out that they are not the only um, arachnid, uh, bug-like creature that's down there. You also have the uh, Karaji who are also down there. And they are the, the, the primary force who are actually kind of uh, using the slithid as minions, and uh, that's where all the bugs are coming from. It's it's another um, barren zone, and uh, that's mainly because of the slithid, uh, you know, and the karaji trying to take it over, and uh, they're base That's basically the, the cemented home territory of. Their empire that they're trying to rebuild. Um, So you're working with both the Tauren and the Night Elves in a joint effort, especially since both are very big druid groups or factions. So you really work with the druids from both the Tauren and the Night Elves who come together in in an alliance to fight off these bug creatures that are basically trying to starship trooper calendar. um, and there are two wings, but it's basically the capital city of these, these bugs, it's called Ankaraj, and, uh, you got two wings of it that you can go into, and you are basically just battling all the, uh, the Hive Queens and Hive, uh, Hive Lords that, uh, control their, their, uh, a massive amount of minions that are getting ready to invade uh, southern Kalimdor and then the rest of Kalimdor. So that's kind of how the end game uh, culminates there in the Kalimdor. You're, you're doing Starship Trooper, uh, going after all these bugs, trying to stop them. Um, so, not as exciting, I think when it as compared to eastern kingdoms but then again i'm more familiar with the eastern kingdoms because that continent dates back to uh um warcraft one that's kind of where they got their start for this whole franchise and, and story arc and so um when it comes to kalimdor i don't really uh yeah i don't really go in there that much i don't really check it out that much um so, yeah, uh, it's not bad content, it's just unfamiliar to me, so I stay on the Eastern Kingdoms, but I do, that's where where I do prefer to quest, but a lot of people do like Kalimdor, just because it's new, it's, it's the newest addition in terms of continents to the game, up to uh, World of Warcraft, the original version, uh, v- vanilla, uh, before there was any expansion packs, so, that's where a lot of people like to uh, to quest because it's new new content. So, um, yeah, you know. When it comes to some other content, since I got a little bit of time, uh, there is some PVP stuff that you can do. One of them is battlegrounds, and this is basically player versus player, uh, where you team up with your others from your faction and do kind of team quests the first one is in the arathi highlands called the arathi basin and basically the horde and the alliance are fighting over a chunk or a strip of that territory or that zone and you can um basically uh get reputation with the horde or the alliance faction that's fighting there Same thing over in the Eastern Kingdoms. you got the Alterac Valley that's located in Alterac Mountains. And once again, two new uh, different sub-factions that you can quest with and gain reputation with uh, that uh, come into play later on. Uh, There's only one battleground for Kalimdor. Um... That is Warsong Gulch. That's located in Ashenvale and the Barrens. So it's kind of like a a cross between the two. And you've got a uh, faction of the Night Elves taking on one of the uh, uh, orc clans known as the Warsong Clan. And so that's a way that you can build up uh, badges or medals of honor and and, kind of get reputation for uh, doing player versus player stuff. If you get bored with the regular questing. Uh, you also have, uh, they're called arenas, and basically these are free-for-all. It's, it's titled PVA or player Playerverse All, and they have two of them. One is in the Gurubashi Arena, and that's over in Stranglethorn Vale, and then the other one is the Mall, and that is located, uh, in the center of Dire Mall before you go into the, uh, um. The dungeon or raid itself—they both places basically look like Colosseums, like uh, like what you'd see in Rome. And you basically you enter in, you you go into PVP mode, and then it's everybody for themselves. So that means you can attack your own faction. So it's alliance on alliance, it's horde on horde, it's horde on alliance, it's alliance on horde. It's it's a free for all. It's you know melee. It's uh, Halo uh, free for all all over again. So. Um, That's something that you get to do as well. Uh, If you don't really want to get into too much combat stuff, you can also do professions. Uh, It ranges from being a first aid to being a cook to being a blacksmith or uh, a miner. Um, Or you can do a whole bunch of other things too. Fishing, I think that comes later on. I can't remember, but uh, you can go and train to be a fisherman and you can go out there and fish and help uh, make food. So there's a whole bunch of um, professions or skills that you can go out there and learn. If you don't want to sit there and just quest or do PvP. Um, later on too, they also start in, including uh, holidays into the game. Based around real life holidays. So around the time of Halloween, they actually have an in-game holiday. Holidays similar to Halloween that you can go and do festivities for and stuff like that, so it's really a lot of fun, you know. So they, they find other things to do rather than just going around and doing quests or PvP and, and battling others. Um, so uh, if some of those things don't really uh, attract you, then you can try some professions, you can try doing some of these uh, holidays. They do have world events too, like uh, whenever it's pirate day in, in real life. They'll have a pirate day, you know, in the game. Um, I can't remember, I think they used to do like runs, you know, so if you would ever do like a charity for running, um, you know, uh, in the game they'll also do runs as well, where you, all your characters will just run from from a start zone to a destination, and you basically, it's just like a, a marathon, you just run and see who can do it the fastest um i think they have rules set in a place where you can't use mounts to ride around so um you know there's a lot of stuff to do beyond that that's not just you know building a character hacking stuff down you know turning in quests and that's it so that they have some other stuff too that that makes it pretty fun you can join and create your own guild to do some other type of group activity um They do provide, like I said, PvP or PvE servers where if you do a PvE server, you have the option of toggling PvP on and off, whereas if you join a PvP server, you are flagged for PvP all the time, unless if you're in a start, one of the start zones. So, um, tons of options and some of the PvP or even PvE zones too, uh, people would, you know, get into like large forty-man groups, and they go and raid the uh, opposing faction's capital cities. Um, so I remember, you know, seeing that happen. You know, tons of times where they just go in there and get, you know, wipe out half of the uh, uh, characters, whether playable or non-playable characters uh, in the in the capital city, and then you have to wait a while for the for them to respawn. So that, that's always interesting, you know, but. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's really what, uh, um, what, what you can expect there. Uh, my overall thoughts of what they call now Vanilla World of Warcraft, or the original World of Warcraft. Um, I, like I said, I prefer the Eastern Kingdoms over Kalimdor, just because of the lore that's associated with it from Warcraft 1 and 2. Um, I do think that they should have combined some of these zones to make them bigger ones as well as provide a smoother qu- sequence of quest chains and zone-to-zone uh, um, progression. Um, I wish they would have completed the quest chain in Alterac Mountains, as well as Um And like I said before, in the, places like the Blasted Lands or in Winter Spring, I wish they would have come up with uh, a more... Um, a more regional threat that would be a big baddie you know so like I said with Winter Spring there really was nobody it was kind of just a uh, anti-climatic uh, you just quest it out and then you're done there was no big baddie you had to go no no big boss you had to go and fight at the end same thing in Blastlands it was just kind of you know mundane questing to kind of complete all the quests in the zone and then oh hey look at that you hit max level cool well Guess you can go and do the other stuff in the other uh, end game zones, and then call it good, you know. So um, basically, that that's kind of that was kind of my 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 gripe, you know, was just make sure that you complete the uh, the zones, you know, when it comes to the, their quest chains. Don't leave them open ended, kind of like what they did, um, and just I guess smoother transitions from one zone to the next throughout the whole sequence of things. Especially in Kalimdor, where you kind of bounce around in weird uh, patterns, you know. Uh, in the Eastern Kingdoms, it's kind of you can you can track where you need to go, and it's pretty easy to get from one place to the next. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's there isn't that much other issues that I had with it. Uh, I would never experienced playing the original World of Warcraft. I jumped in once the first expansion was already out for like a year or two, so. I never actually experienced just playing the original World of Warcraft. But the game me- mechanics... Everything was the same when I started playing. Um, when the, uh, the first expansion was already out. They didn't change anything. They just added new content elsewhere. And um, so that's actually going to be the topic of the next episode. Uh, later on in March. Uh, we'll sit down and go through uh, the next... Uh, chapter in World of Warcraft that's the expansion known as the Burning Crusade Uh, given some of the the names and factions that I've thrown around uh, earlier in this episode as well as the previous episode that should give you an idea as to what faction becomes the big baddie that you have to worry about in the Burning Crusade so uh, thanks for tuning in and listening to The Detailing Mind, I'm your host Jason and I hope you have a good rest of your week